So the big question is this. How do ordinary people, like us, that weren't born into money, create true financial freedom, take back control of our lives, and live a life full of purpose, meaning, and fulfillment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the strategies that the wealthy know and use that the rest of us weren't taught to create true financial freedom. My name is David Bell, and welcome to Pocket Mastermind. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Uh, on today's episode, I'm talking to life coach, author, and artist Michelle Myrick, uh, who back in 2017 uh, picked up a paintbrush, which turned out to be an experience that kickstarted a voyage of self discovery. And now Michelle helps people to unlock their inner strength, uh, the courage, and confidence uh, through her Be the Lighthouse coaching program. And she's going to explain to us today. Uh, how that works. So Michelle, welcome to the Pocket Mastermind podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, David. Thank you for such a nice introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so I'm really interested uh, to get into this experience and then how you now use that to, to help other people. But let's start a bit before that and let's get a bit of background. You, you know, obviously life coach, author, artist. I know you're including in the artist is uh, singer-songwriter and stuff. So I'd be really interested to to learn a bit more about that. Sure. Okay. Um, well, I guess uh, I'll go right back. I'm I'm a teacher by trade. I, I graduated in 1987 with a teaching degree. It's a long time ago. Uh, I did teach for a little while, but I, I left teaching in my early 20s. I didn't feel like it fit me very well. So I moved into, um, into the area of business, actually. And I, um, I, eventually got into fund development for different organizations, different charities in particular. And of course, you know, moved up the ranks uh, a little there and uh, created a pretty good, you know, um, reputation for myself as a, as a businesswoman. But I reached a point um, at age 43 when I, I just came to terms with, um, you know, like to the outside world, it looked like I had everything going on, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was single. I had no children. I had a really good profession, a really good job. I had a nice house, a car. I had a trip every week down to, or every month, I should say, every, gosh, every year down to Cuba. <laughs> Wishful thinking, I haven't been on a plane for a while, right? Everybody wants to get on a plane somewhere by now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so like I could give myself a vacation basically. So it looked like I had, you know, the world by the tail, mm. but inside I felt like something was missing and I really had this deep desire for something more in my life. Some, and really what that translated as, which I couldn't put words around at the time was, was something that had more purpose and meaning, you know, for me, for who I was, as a, who I am as a person. So I set out on a very unusual journey that took me to five different continents, uh, beginning with Saudi Arabia. I went back to teaching um, at age 43, began teaching English as a second language. And uh, I eventually reconnected with my now husband, who I had originally met in 1992. Oh, wow. 
Amazing. Uh, in St. John's in Newfoundland, where I'm from, um, we met in 92, but we reconnected in India on a beach in 2012. Oh, <laughs> so there's a story there, but um, it just goes to show that really and truly, like where you're meant to be and what's supposed to happen for your life, it will take place in probably the most unusual circumstances, something that you could never, ever imagine. But that journey, of course, has led me to where I am now. I'm sitting in Norway talking to you today. My husband is Norwegian, which is why we, we moved back here after living a few years in India. And um, it was, as you mentioned, three years ago, I picked up a paintbrush and that's kind of changed everything for me. Um, I've always been a singer songwriter. Well, I shouldn't say always, but since I was a young woman in my early twenties, and I really, really felt that music was my creative expression and probably the only one because I, I never really explored anything else, to be honest. But I had a curiosity about painting and um, I started exploring. I started following my curiosity down that rabbit hole. And it really unlocked something inside of me, a chamber, I guess, of awareness that I'd never, I had never felt or processed through before. And um, that was quite uh, an interesting and intensive kind of um, feeling to have. So I started painting and I, I mean, I, when I say started painting, I prolifically painted for that really? first year. In, in, <laughs> what, uh, what was it that made you pick up the paintbrush in the first place? I just curious. I, literally, I was, I was just curious, uh, you know, and, and um, I started watching YouTube videos on like how to, you know, uh, mix colors and use different textures. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much you can do here, you know, that I had, had never even mm. known about before. And I just got carried away in that, you know, but it was also the way it made me feel. You know, I, I, had, I felt a different freedom creating that way than what I had before. But the real thing kind of came about for me uh, when my husband suggested that I paint my songs. That's when everything took a different uh, kind of shift. Um, because, you know, I've written a lot of songs and they've been about my life. But, and they did help me to process a lot of things that, that happened in my lifetime. But um, painting pictures, like 10, 20, 30 years later, mm. based on that experience was really a, a, a different process for me. Because, you know, the girl who wrote the song at 21 and the woman who created the painting at 52 or 53 completely different, right? Completely different, you know, bring completely different perspectives to the table. So as a creator, that that paradigm, I guess, if you want, uh, to, or juxtaposition between those two kinds of creations and the how I felt when I created the song and how I felt when I created the painting really made an interesting, not just journey for me, but a story to tell. So I knew I had something big. And after painting that first song, I knew I had to keep going because I felt resolution. I felt a different kind of a resolution for, you know, what that first song that I painted was about. It was about the loss of my father and my brother and my uncle. 
about that horrific experience from as I you know we all went through at, back in 1987 and um, it just helped me to process things in a completely different way and I think um, it, it made me see my life differently it made me see how my thoughts were really affecting my feelings affecting my choices of behavior and creating the results of my life and when I put that in front of people uh, in a live performance exhibition, that's what people related to. They related to that human journey, you know, that span of time, the lessons that I had learned from that process and how I put that in front of people. And they're the, as those audiences that encouraged me to write my book. So, I mean, there's been a lot happen in three years. I mean, I've been a busy girl, right? You would have thought that when you picked up the paintbrush, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely not. And I can and see the course, amazing thing because with songs, right, generally what happens is artist writes a song, records a song, goes out into the ether, and we all put our own meaning onto it. Yeah. Because in this scenario, people get to see what your meaning is. And I think that's where the extra connection probably comes from, right? Because you but don't normally get that. that. Even in that, like uh, every single show that I, I, I did, there was people came up to me and said, my God, Michelle, you, you just put words around what I was feeling hmm. and didn't know how to express in telling the story. Like regardless of the sound, regardless of the painting, they were just vehicles yeah. for the message, you know? They were the vehicles that helped me uncover my message, to help me uncover my life, my meaning, my purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I've translated now as a life coach, you know, taking in all of that awareness that creativity has given me, plus with my background as a teacher of, of how to create curriculum, you know, and, and, showing people how to use that vehicle of creativity to really reconnect with who they are and what they want for their lives. Mm. You know, that that's kind of, it's, it's all led me to here and it's uh wow. I mean, quite a journey, quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what, what was your initial experience like from the actual, the physical act of the painting from the memory? Cause it's, it must mm. be quite, you know, I, I grew up drawing and painting, kind of lost it since I left school. Mm. But I was, I was always very good at drawing something I could see. Mm. I don't mm. know how great I'd be from my imagination. It probably looked like be all over the place. So how do you, mm. what's that experience been like? Is it, well, is it free flow like that or? It was really strange because I, you know, I, of course, I, I told you I painted so prolifically that first year I was trying everything. I was doing abstract stuff. I was doing landscape stuff. I was doing seascapes, uh, figurative things. You know, I, I was just like, whatever wanted to come out of me, I let it. I, I basically let it come out. So in this show that I put together, I call the song series, by the way. Um, and I took uh, 11 of my songs and did it, uh, painted them. But each painting was its own process. You know, um, some of them are a little more figurative. Some of them are very abstract. But what I let happen for me, like how I wanted to do this as a creator was to let the emotion mm -hmm. take its form on the canvas. Like, you know, so that it held meaning for me. 
right? And, and that was what was most important. I mean, some pieces I struggled with because they were deep um, emotional experiences of my life. And I really wanted to focus on the lesson. You know, I, I didn't want to focus on all well, this happened and that happened and made me feel, you know, that, you know, what was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I wanted to focus on now. Like, what, what can I bring to this now? What is the transformation in me right now that I can put onto the canvas? So, yeah, that was quite a journey. <laughs> I keep saying that word, holy jumpings. But, you know, the process itself was, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, deep. It was deep. Mm. How have you then taken that experience that you had uh, and then apply that to, to other people? I'm really interested to understand mm. what the starting point even looks like. Because, you know, yeah. where, where do you start? There's got a million memories and, and thoughts. And where, where do you kick off from there? Well, um it's a really hard question to answer in a few minutes, but I'll try my best. It's, it's about getting in touch with your inner self, right? It's about trying to have increased awareness about what is going on inside of you. Because, okay, we have events that happen in our lives. Fact, all right? So my father and brother were drowned. Fact. But what I did with that and how I interpreted that and the thoughts that I wrapped around that, the meaning that I applied to that event, even though my sister went through exactly the same thing and my mom, of course, from, from you know, wife and mother perspective, we interpreted it differently, mm -hmm. right? So it's about going in there and seeing your own thought process, your own interpretations and to do that, you have to tap into an inner part of yourself and let that be free to come out. So I work with people around mind management techniques, you know, about how to understand your own thinking and your own thought process. Because, you know, we have a lower mind that's at play all the time. Plus, we also have a higher mind. And they're sometimes like kind of in a little bit of contradiction with each other. In the sense that the lower mind, our, our, our ego, which gets a really bad rap, although it's, it's just really trying to protect us, you know, um, it's trying to keep us safe. It's trying to keep us alive. So it's trying to keep us home on the couch. You know, it's trying to keep us logical, order every single day, knowing what's coming next, um, you know, like that, that kind of progression in life. It, it's not happy when we try to stretch and expand. But the higher mind is the absolute opposite. That's where all the potentiality, all the, the innovative ideas, all the creativity, all the possibility exists in, for us, for our lives. But the lower mind looks at that and sees chaos. Mm -hmm. It just sees chaos and it says, don't go there, don't go there. So when you can understand the operation, the inner operation of how your mind is working, that's when you can get in and really take control. Manage your thinking, right, around your life, the choices that you're making, to understand that maybe, you know, when you're feeling insecure or uncertain, it's just a thought. It's actually just a thought. It's not a fact, right? So 
it's, I take people through a lot of that process first so they can understand what's going on internally. Because, you know, David, I can't get into your brain and see what's going on. Only you can do that, right? Mm-hmm. Only you can, but I can give you the tools to be able to interpret it and then to, you know, transform that into your own life purpose, what you want, what do you want? And are those thoughts serving that or preventing you from having it? Right. And I take people through a, a process, a creative five-step process, actually, where they, they do create a piece of art, but the purpose is not the piece of art. Um, everyone gets the same kind of an instruction, but creates something different. I've had people do wood uh, art pieces. I've had people do collages. I've had people do coloring like when they were children. You know, I've had people do um, paintings, of course, and uh, mosaics and uh, wire sculptures. And it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the end result is. But that process that I lead people through is what's important because I take them in where they feel, where they understand and, and make decisions from that place. So it's the beginning of trusting that inner channel because that's what it is between the, the lower and the higher mind. That inner channel is your creative intuition, right? You know, that's what leads between the two. And when people go through this process, they can, they can see, they can access their own potentiality, you know, and they can actually see how much they're capable of. They can actually see how they've been holding themselves back. It's, it's mind-blowing to see someone's light come on with all of this stuff. And I mean, it gives me such joy that I'm never going to stop doing this. I'm never, ever going to stop helping people turn their light on because, you know, it, it, it's so great to see it. But, but for that person that's feeling it, it's life-changing. Mm. Just as it was life-changing for me to see it. So that's what I'm translating. That's what I'm interpreting that's that's what i'm using the vehicle of creativity you know for people to be able to to reach that same sort of transformation and so what what kind of what do the steps kind of look like how do you what's the journey from the beginning to the end well i do i do work with visualization uh with journaling Mm -hmm. uh, because of course i'm a writer too you know and i i find that writing is one of the most Uh, free-flowing activities we can do because we don't filter. We don't filter. If if you can get out of your head and just free-flow write, you're not filtering your thoughts because you're not sharing them with anyone. If you're speaking, like I'm speaking with you now, of course, I'm filtering my thoughts, you know? Yeah, is is he going to understand what I'm saying? Is he, you know, how's he going to relate to it? Like all of that's going on. I mean, aren't we amazing human beings? I know. Aren't we incredible <laughs> machines? <laughs> so much granted, the amount of stuff that's going on all of the time. Right. Uh, we just, but, I just we don't appreciate how much, mm, how much we're doing continuously. Yeah. So it, it is like a step, a progression towards uh, creating that piece. But it comes really from, from internal. Because I, I do take them on an exploration uh, kind of process about what is in there that, that needs to come out right now. Cause I mean, you know, I've done that process myself a hundred times mm-hmm. more maybe, 
And every single time something different comes out because every single minute I'm somebody different. This is true, yeah. Every single minute, right? You know, you're growing in awareness. You're growing in insight. You know, COVID has changed all of us, right? We, we look at things differently in the world. So we're always changing. We're always expanding. We're always evolving. And at any given moment, there's something that your soul wants to say. Your soul always has a message for you, right? And creativity is the most direct route to it, I think. Honestly, that's for me. I, I, I agree. I think that's what we're kind of, we're designed to do, right? And I think, look around us. Everything is some form of creativity. And I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Is that, you know, even how we're talking to each other today via right. the technology was a creative these, process. These little Apple things. That <laughs> thing. Look, somebody somebody <laughs> had to have that idea and create right? it in the first place, right? Everything, yeah. creativity and creation. And, and that's, we are the most fortunate of all of the creatures because we get to do that stuff. If yeah. you're, a, if you're a, a hedgehog, you don't get to make much, do you? So it's a, exactly. we, we've got this massive, massive opportunity. And I think we, we definitely don't take enough advantage of that opportunity. We have a superpower that we don't <laughs> even use. It's, it's like, it's like these phones. It's like getting the phone and only using it as a phone. Yeah. Or, or as a paperweight. <laughs> or, or you know what? Some people leaving it even in the box, never taking it out of the box. Yeah. Never taking it for a spin, you know, like there, there, we have so much we're capable of and, and it's that superpower that we have that I want to I want to turn on in people. I want them to see their own strength, see their own power, see what they're capable of. Go for those dreams, you know. I mean, you mentioned my Be the Lighthouse program. It, it wasn't initially one of the objectives of the program, but oddly enough, a lot of people that go through there, at least about thirty to forty percent start their own businesses because they untap what it is they want. They go in, they discover, they, they feel it. They, and they know it's real. They know it's right for them. That it's that certainty, you know, that I, I want to lead people back to their own certainty. Right. We had it as children. This is what I always say. We, we had it as children. You know, you look at any three-year-old that, child is only going to do what makes them happy that's it they're not going to want to do anything that they don't like right you know they're completely 100 percent guided by their intuition and what they like and what they don't like we lose that as we get older we well lose. we get we get convinced that we should just put up with it and uh this is the way is this is the way life is it's just life isn't fair and life but it's all this nonsense these mantras that we get given so that we accept all of this stuff. And I think what you're doing is you have to break the pattern that we find ourselves in, right? You, the, the, this conversation also comes up a lot of the time. It's the get up, go to work, wait mm -hmm. for Friday, mm -hmm. then spend the weekend dreading Monday, loop, loop, loop. And I think what, you know, going through this process is a, a stick in the spokes of the wheel to, to stop that pattern. And then suddenly that's probably why loads of people decide, actually, I'm going to start my own business because the, it shines a light on that lack of fulfillment that they've got just being on the hamster wheel. And, and when that light comes on, you know, and people ask me why I call it be the lighthouse and, and because like 
you know, people have this fascination with lighthouses, fine and dandy. I, I understand I grew up at a lighthouse, you know, so I understand the importance. I un understand what kind of a symbol it is for strength and guidance. But without that light, it's just an empty tower. Mm -hmm. It's just a structure. And when you turn the light on, that's where the magic is. And that's where the magic is in all of us. You know, it, it just goes back to these mind management um, principles that I mentioned too. You know, when you talk about um, what we're capable of and what we're not capable of, or what we tell ourselves that we're not capable of, it, it's, it really is just a thought. Mm. It's just a thought. And here's one thing that people fear the most, and that's rejection. Right. But when you understand that as primitive human beings, okay, we had, we, we have right still, we still have the DNA of our primitive beings and from the beginning. And in order to survive as a primitive uh, human, you had to be part of a tribe mm -hmm. or the tigers would eat you, right? Or, the, you know, whatever animals were in your habitat would destroy you, right? So we have this built-in part of our DNA that says belong, right? You know, that really is, is driving us to belong. Now, we're not being chased down by tigers today. So we have, we have a fear of rejection as if it's going to kill us, yeah. right? That's something that's instinctive because we are of the human species. And when you get that, when you understand that, then okay, that's just, I, look, it's not going to kill me. You know, of course you still want to belong, but, but what it is is that deep-rooted fear of judgment, fear of rejection that stops us so much from being who we are, right? It makes us want to be like everybody else. But guess what? You're never going to be like everybody else, <laughs> right? It's time to embrace who you are, you know, and live fully, wholly, authentically from there because it's joyful. It's just absolutely joyful and it's with ease. You know, I just, I just want to give this to everybody on the planet, honestly. It's, everyone should be able to feel this kind of comfort in their own skin, right? I agree. And it's so the challenge today, isn't it, is that you've got so much in your face of what everyone else is doing and what their lives, the highlight, I think this conversation also comes up a lot, is you know, you're comparing your, your behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reels. Exactly. And you need to, it's, you know, really focus in on what do you, as you've already said, what do you want? And I think most of us, and I've been there, right? You don't really know what you want because there's too much other you just there's you just you don't ask thing on a daily daily but yeah exactly you don't do that take that time to really stop and think about what is it that i actually want is it is it this stuff and i think if you actually take the time you realize what you think you want probably isn't what you really want and you've got to go through some exercises to try yeah. and understand exactly what it is you're after because you might be heading off in a completely different direction or you might not even be a million miles away from where you want to go, but you're just pointing slightly one degree off. Right. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, anybody can spend that time just trying to work out 
that's the starting point from everything is, as far as I'm concerned do you change change your life and I've been there so it makes a massive difference yeah and and I'm, I bet you'd agree with me too that the answers the answers are the answer to that most important question it actually lies in your past experiences yeah it you know, really lies in your past experiences and what they have meant for your life, what, how they have impacted your life. That's where your passion is. That's where your interests are, whatever has been guiding you. It's always been guiding you, right? You know, and, and um, your purpose lies in there. What you want is in there. And, but we don't, we don't look at it. We're always looking outside. Yeah. Right. We're like, I need the next thing. I need the next, but it's, you, you actually really need to go inside to find out what that is. And, you know, it takes a while for some of us to understand how to do that. My way has been through creativity. Someone else's way might be through something else, you know, but it's definitely introspective. Something has to bring you inside for you to understand what it is you want, you know, and, and actually, what do you like? We don't yeah. take the time to inquire. What do we like? You know, do you like gardening? Is that something that you're really passionate about? Why? Why is it? Why are you really passionate about gardening? You know? Is it just because you like bringing life to things or is it because you have a fascination with the unusual plant? What is it? Or do you really love bees or like what? You know, you can go in any direction, right? But we don't inquire. We don't do that self-inquiry bit. We get trapped in the map. What I call the map. We get trapped there. Mm. Either somebody gave it to us, our parents, our caregivers, or we gave it to ourselves at a young age that, in order to be happy, you have to, you know, get a good education, get a good job, get a good house or a partner, then get the house, then get the kids, whatever, you know, all of these different landmarks on the map. Well, I ticked all of those off and I was still not happy inside. Mm -hmm. To the outside world, people would look at me and say, what are you complaining about, you know? But it's not about that. And in fact, for the longest time, I'll be honest, I felt guilty. Like, why do I want something more than this? Mm -hmm. I should be content with what I got, you know? But I knew there was an emptiness inside of me that was longing to be filled, right? So I knew I had to, I didn't want that to die inside of me. I did not want that longing to die without finding life. No, and I guess, you know, part of this, when you, once you've, you've done that retrospective looking you know the the, the art the artwork and, and and going backwards it allows you then to start to think and move forwards right because you start to clear that blockage and your creativity yeah. starts to then focus more on the forward looking process yeah. of what do you want and uh, there's a lot of power in you know things like um vision boards and all of those kind of things but you know painting it and writing it uh, well, I mean, also you have to be practical right like this is you know uh, like in my program in be the lighthouse we do all that introspective stuff but listen i'm a teacher so i have i'm have my participants have homework every single week they have to actually do stuff right because you learn most by doing but then while this stuff like you said we uncover if you don't do anything with it 
you're still set, set home on the couch with your lower mind, right? <laughs> trying to keep, trying to stay protected and alive. So when I do, I take them through another process of how to move forward. So we, we branch out to 10 years from now and we work it backwards. So like, okay, say you go, you go through my program, Be the Lighthouse, and you discover, I want to be, um, I don't know, making model cars or something. I don't know, whatever, right? So, and you make this big goal that in 10 years time, I'm going to have created this, whatever it is you want for your life. So that's so far away from you. Your mind doesn't even see it as real. Mm -hmm. But what I take people through is a process of coming back. Okay, if you want to be there in 10 years, where do you need to be in five? Where do you need to be in three? Where do you need to be in one? Where do you need to be in six months? Where do you need to be in a week? Where do you need to be today? Mm -hmm. And the lights that come on there, when, when a person can see, okay, what I'm doing today is actually going to make or break that 10-year goal. Right? That is powerful business, my friend. That's powerful stuff, right? And it shows your brain, okay, maybe the higher mind got something going on here. Maybe I, I, could, I can listen a little tiny bit. Maybe I'll open that channel a little bit more, right? You know, just make it a little more sense. So then the lower brain is a little bit more happy. So it's not as anxious to stop you. It's not as anxious to kick in all of those doubts and fears, right? And, and, for, and the higher brain is, is allowed to dream and create and create and create. It's like, it's freaking magic. It's just like... <laughs> And the powerful thing is once you've got that going is actually getting it down on in any way, in any form whatsoever, because I think we all do it, right? We might lay in bed or you'd be doing something else and you come up with these ideas and you never write them down and they disappear off into the thin air. I've done it so many times and I think, shit, if I can even remember what that thing was from two years ago, three, last week, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, and, and people like Branson carry a, note, a little mini notepad around because write them down. I mean, these days you can put it into your phone. And, oh, yeah. Even if it seems small and silly, it's good to get into the practice of keeping notes on, a, on ideas because mm -hmm. you never know where that one idea goes and that idea goes. And, you know, it's probably something you've done quite a lot through songwriting in some way is that like ideas come because... If you don't write down an idea for a song, that disappears too, doesn't it? Or, or a I'm line. Lost without <laughs> With no, you write, a lyric comes to your head and it's gone. Well, then what would you do? Exactly. <laughs> so. like, it's all here in my phone. You know, it's, it's really and truly I'd be lost without it because I do, I'm an idea person. And uh, when inspiration hits me these days, I pay attention. Mm -hmm. I truly pay attention. Because it's, it's led me here and I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so when I get an instinct about something, when I get a, like a, a feeling, and, and this is the key. This is the key to all of this. Your feelings are your, like your, your, your light switches, right? It's honestly, it's your indication of what's going on internally, right? On both ends of the spectrum, it's your indication. You know, you get goosebumps about something. That's a feeling. And, and understanding that your feelings, that they are only just physical reactions, by the way, in the body. That's it. Like you get goosebumps when you're happy or when something resonates with you or 
you know you feel your a warmness in your heart when you're when you're you're touched by something so think about anxiety you get sweaty hands it's it's you know it's it's literally and we're so afraid of that we're so afraid of that until you have the mind management principle to understand that okay my thoughts creating these sweaty hands right now just like my thoughts created that goosebump you know those goosebumps or whatever right it's it's um yeah, it's about increasing your awareness about how your brain's working, how mm. your brain's working. <laughs> well, one great example of that is um, uh, the kind of anxiety and fear versus excitement are the same physiological um, expression within the body, but it's yeah. just our, per our mental interpretation as to whether we feel scared or excited. And that's, yeah. quite, that's, that's fascinating because your body is sensing that there's something happened or something could happen and it elicits the same adrenal response. And then mm. one person we're shaking and, and fearful and the other person can't wait to get going and it's exactly the same thing. And it's so that kind of framing I, I think is really, really, really oh, useful, sure. really powerful to help us overcome because those anxieties. We're always assigning meaning. We assign meaning to everything. We're mean-making machines, right? You know, and we're always assigning meaning. So for for one person, it's exciting. For another person, it's fearful, right? So that is a thought. It's a choice. It's not just because I get this all the time too. Oh, it's just the way I am. <laughs> you know, especially people who worry. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm just People a worrier. Work. I'm always a worrier. I grew up a oh, worrier. My mom's a worrier. <laughs> yeah. It's in my genes. And my mom was a worrier. I'm a worrier. My grandmother was a worrier, you know. No. Uh, something. Oh, I think my neighbor has uh, something going out there. Can you, is that interrupting <laughs> the sound? No, that's fine. Okay. Um, but yes, you know, it's, it, it is a thought. It, it's yeah. a choice. It's a choice. Right. And it depends. Listen, if you, when you get it, when you get aware of how this all works and you understand that, okay, I can be happy every day. I can actually choose to be happy. That's, that's why happiness is an inside job. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with out here. Right. Yeah. I, I, when I, I came across all of this stuff and realized that it was just the most freeing thing because every time when you it's still going to happen right things will get you and you catch yourself being affected by stuff but you what you the difference is you catch yourself being affected by stuff and it gives you the opportunity to take a step back and remove mm -hmm. yourself from it don't be the thing you can be the observer rather than the emotion rather than the thought and that's what makes the big difference when you're able to take the step back and, and see what's happening you have much greater control and much greater freedom and you can choose at that moment to to think or feel another way it doesn't mean it's easy every single time of course, yeah. but you do have the choice <laughs> so sorry about that i couldn't uh, i couldn't actually hear you so well but yes it's about choosing about you having do, that you do get you get complete choice so it's it's hugely empowering and and you know, the point of doing this this podcast was really that i went through that process and there were things that spoke to me that kind of took me back to my probably back to my truer self and onto a onto more of a journey that i wanted to go on and took me away kind of woke me up i knew i wasn't in a in a great in a really fulfilled place and, and all of that stuff and so 
now part of this is having these conversations so that hopefully one idea one com one part of the conversation something helps to spark that in somebody else too because yeah. it, i think the more you tony robbins talks about repetition is the mother of skill right and i think yeah. hearing this hearing the same kind of conversation the same kind of message from different angles from different directions is what makes a makes a massive difference oh i agree absolutely and i think when you find that thing for your own life where you can serve when when you find a way to serve right that's what fires you up yeah. that's what fires you up because you know i've had people come to me too about starting businesses i've i've been an entrepreneur almost all my life as well you know as a musician as a recording artist as i used to manage bands i used to run an irish bar you know, I had a catering company. I'm, I'm just one of these people that I'm always, you know, uh, has something else on the go kind of thing, right? I'm a multitasker. No doubt, I'm a multitasker. But um, anyone that's, that's listening and that are, you know, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm really considering doing this business because or this profession, going back to school for a profession because of the money, you're already on the wrong path. You're already on the wrong track, my friend, because if, if money is the only thing that's motivating you, you're not going to make it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with money. I don't want anybody to get that misconception from this. There's nothing wrong with earning a good living. Uh, I have nothing against that whatsoever. But if it's sucking the soul out of you to do that, life is too damn short. Yeah. Life is there. There are other ways. There are other ways, right? And where's the once you get there? If that's all it was, once you get it, would, with anything, if there's if it's yeah. only the thing that's the important part, now yeah. by what it is when you get it, yeah. then what? There's yeah. empty, right? Does it? And so, what I I realize that the whole point of life is the process. Like yeah. look at a bee. The whole point of the pro of a bee, and I think if we model if we model ourselves on the bee. Uh, and it sounds silly, but their whole point is the process, mm -hmm. not the honey so much, right? And they have to work together and they have to serve to get the honey because one bee by itself isn't going to achieve a great deal, right? So yeah. they all have to, they have to work, they have to serve. And the whole point is they have to do the work. Otherwise, there is no honey. Exactly. And we're trying to, we're trying to bypass, we're trying to short circuit the work bit. We're trying to short in our lives, which is a, how do we get to the thing? without doing anything and it just yeah. it doesn't work it doesn't, doesn't work. Work. and and even if if someone's lucky enough to fluke into something it's not gonna last no it no. just won't because there's no fulfillment there there's no process there there's no purpose for that person right you know um well they say 70 percent of lottery winners are bankrupt within five years yeah exactly so it, it, exactly. it shows it right because you haven't it's not that the, the purpose is the development of who you become. And Jim Rohn always talked about, it's not about the, the objective of being a millionaire isn't the money, it's the who you become to become the millionaire, right? Exactly. That's the point of it is who, how do you grow? How do you develop? How do you overcome the challenges of life, become a better person? How do you help other people to achieve the same kind of things? Not just to get the cash because you won't yeah. get it. And, and no one ever believes you until you till they get there and they go oh yeah there was nothing there you know Jim Carrey there's loads of people that have yep. talked about this stuff they got to where they wanted to go and then there was nothing there because 
it wasn't what it was all about. Yeah, which, you know, this happens to the Jim Carrey's of the world, but it also happens to the, the Joe Blowhead on the street, you know, yeah. you know, who's, who, who's thinking that, okay, I'm going to become CEO and, and then I'm going to be happy. Well, you know, I was there. I was a CEO and I wasn't happy. No, if right? anything, you've got more problems. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and I mean, it's um, unfortunately because of that level of unhappiness and not knowing where to turn, what to do, you know, it can then lead you down a destructive path. Yeah. Right. To alcohol abuse, drug abuse, you know, any kind of substance abuse or activity that's damaging to your soul you know, damaging to you as a person. And um, because you're still seeking that fulfillment, you're still seeking to find that you're still following the map. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not following your soul's compass, which is where, where, where all the answers are. The answers are inside. Yeah. Yeah. So before we um, let everyone know where they can find you, because it's been really interesting, I'm going to run you through uh, a few quick questions, get your take on these. So the first one is, do you have, any, any type of morning routine? And if you do, what does that look like? Coffee in bed every single day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right. it's, a, it's a practice that myself and my husband started in India. Really? We, lived in, we lived in India for a few years before we, we, uh, we came here into Norway. And uh, it's, it, we, it's, it's, we treasure it. It's our connection in the morning. Uh, you know, we, we wake up, slowly wake up together. We actually wake up early so we can do this, you know. <laughs> and and it's, it's a nice ease into the day. Like you, you can bring yourself awake nicely. Uh, that's one thing, of course. Um, but other than that, I don't, like I, 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 I talk to myself. I say, okay, what, what, what do you need to do today, Michelle? You know, some days that means putting on my sneakers and going to the forest for a walk. Other days it is sitting down to write. Mm -hmm. Some other days it's going to paint in the morning and write in the afternoon or, you know, make social media posts or connect with my community. I do that a lot, you know. Um, I have a fabulous, fabulous community. I'll invite your listeners to join if they're interested. It's, it's a private Facebook group and it's called Heart of the Matter. It's... Um, it's, it's actually a group of like-minded individuals that are on this journey, on this path. You know, they're interested in finding out what that something more is for their lives. I provide free coaching in there, free training every single week. I've been doing it now for almost a year. And uh, every Thursday. And all the replays, of course, are there for anyone that wants to. But it's, it's people from all over the world, and we share our experiences. Because, you know something? The power in sharing cannot be measured. Mm -hmm. When someone else hears that they are not alone in the way that they feel, in their struggle, in their challenges, you know, and, and they're supported in their accomplishments, supported in their wins, I mean, that's golden. It's absolutely what, what we're here to do as, as a human species, I think, is to connect, to uplift, to elevate, to expand, you know, and, and that's, that's happening in my little community called Heart of the Matter. And, and as we just talk about what matters, does it, you know? I'll see you. So on I, I invite people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come along for that. Um, oh, yeah. Three books you'd recommend and why? Oh, my gosh. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert really great book um 
Rising Strong by Brene Brown, also a very, very good book. And uh, let's see, I have so many nice ones. I'll go way, way back to maybe 20 years ago. One of my favorite books of all time is uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Are you familiar with that one? No, no, I'm not actually. I think I've heard of it, but I don't Yeah, it, you read it in a couple of hours, but it's so succinct, so on point uh, with this whole thought management thing. It's what started me, really, on the self-help, the kind of introspective journey was that book. Uh, and, and, and I'll say for, the, for all three of them, they reinforce each other in the sense of, of about being in touch with your intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Liz Gilbert's Big, Big Magic talks about, you know, how important it is to let your curiosity guide you you know, to tap into that creative part of yourself. And, and it doesn't have to be with paint or with clay or music or whatever, whatever it is, you know. Tap into that creativity part because we're meant to create, you know. Rising strong is about being vulnerable and, and letting yourself be real, be authentic, Brene Brown does such great work around uh, shame and guilt. You know, it's in- incredible. The, her, her, she's a researcher, actually, and, and, uh, and a writer, an author, a speaker. Her TED Talks are amazing. Her podcast is incredible. Uh, but Don Miguel Ruse's Four Agreements, yeah, there's something else. It's uh, Don't Make Assumptions uh, is the first one. Uh, be impeccable with your word which also means how you talk to yourself, mm-hmm. right? Uh, always do your best and uh, at whatever it is, whatever you're doing, whatever, you know, speaking with you today, always bring your best self to the table, be, be honest, you know, bring, approach all the small tasks of life authentically, honestly. Uh, and the th- fourth one is, uh, oh my gosh, can't think of it right now. <laughs> you got me on that's the spot. The, Google the, it. We'll have to Google it. That's the, that's the cliffhanger. I'm actually I'm, I'm going away for a few weeks um, in a couple of days' time, so I will look for that on uh, on Amazon and and get it. Yeah, he has this series of little books. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll read them in a couple of hours, but it's like the Four Agreements, the Voice of Knowledge, Mastery of Love is another one. Uh, really, really good stuff. He's, he's from the Toltec tradition, you know, in South America. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Don Miguel Ruse. Mm. I will be looking at that as soon as this is, as soon as this uh, conversation's done. Um, three people to follow or listen to. Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheating. You get your shot at the end. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but for yourself. Like answer that for yourself. Me, yeah. the first person you should answer, you should follow is yourself. That's, That's what I mean. Like, I mean, be in touch with self. What, what is your intuition? Where is your intuition guiding mm-hmm. you? What is it telling you? So yeah, first and foremost, be true to self. Um, but to follow, uh, gosh, I, like I, I'm a fan of podcasts, obviously. Um, you know, I listen to Creative Calling a lot with Chase Jarvis. He has uh, some really, really interesting guests all across the, the spectrum of creativity. 
uh, talking about their lives. Um, Brene Brown. I'm, I'm like a I'm like a puppy dog follower. I just love her work. I think she's so authentic. She's a she's a Texan and she speaks like one. She acts like one. She's she's funny, clever. Um, gosh, well, I mean, I guess I I can't go without saying Oprah. Oprah, I was a fan of Oprah for years, absolute years, you know. But there's a lot of younger um, gurus, if you want to call them that, coming up, you know, that I, I pay attention to as well. Marie Forleo's one and um, uh, Gabby Bernstein and, uh, of course, Deepak Chopra. There's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Wayne Dyer. He just passed away a few years ago, but I, I'm also a huge fan of his work. Um, yeah, I take inspiration from all of those teachers as well, you know. Yeah, you got to because that's where one idea from them can spark another idea from you, and that's why I do go through this section. Really, is to say, well, how do other people? How do people start their day? What do people read? Uh, who do they? Who? Where, where do they get ideas from? And then this one is kind of three habits or disciplines um, that you have adopted over the years that you think have made a big difference to your life probably paintings one of them <laughs> oh yeah for sure uh, i mean i could umbrella that as creativity just mm -hmm. period you know being creative at something every single day um because that speaks to me that speaks to my soul right uh what else um coffee in bed <laughs> <laughs> well connection i mean yeah, honestly, you know, connection Connection with self is, is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Paying attention to what's going on internally for me helps me to be a better person, helps improve my relationships, helps improve my relationship with myself. You know, my husband, my, my friends, my family, my, yeah, I was going to say coworkers, but I'm, I'm an entrepreneur now. So, but you know what I mean? Like it, it just improves every aspect of your life. You know, yeah. when you get in touch with who you really are. Um, and to keep growing, to keep, like, just keep growing, to keep elevating my own awareness and, and sharing, sharing that, sharing, putting words out there, you know, that might resonate with somebody. Nice. Uh, three, three tool systems, apps, softwares, whatever it is uh, that you use all the time and couldn't live without now. Canva. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I cannot believe how great that app is and it's still free. Like seriously, yeah. amazing app. I, cause I, of course I'm a creator. So I like, like I love working with pictures and words and, you know, and making up these um, quote uh, things to put up on Instagram and all that. I, I just love that. But I've also used it to make programs for my shows, um, to do my book cover when I was, you know, publishing my book. Um, I do it for presentations. Like it just, I use it for so many things. So that's top of the list. Uh, what other app? Well, I listen to podcasts all the time. So, uh, you know, I listen, I use that app quite frequently. And um, I, I guess Zoom these days. I don't know where I'd be without Zoom to, no. to have these kinds of conversations and, um, and also for my coaching business. I mean, I'm, I'm completely operational online, especially with COVID, mm -hmm. you know, and all of that. So it's, it's everything is online, you know. So 
If, yeah. I been, if it hadn't been for Zoom, I'd have probably spent the last six months talking to myself <laughs> or the wall, you know? So, uh, yeah, Zoom's up there for me at the moment yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, sure. One last question. If you could spend an hour with anybody dead or alive, who would that person be? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's hard to answer. I get John, a very, very John Lennon. Spectrum. John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be an interesting My one. Absolute favorite, favorite song in the world is Imagine. Mm. Hits the nail on the head, right? It, it just, it could make me cry just talking about it. Like it just, and, and always has, you know, for, for decades. I, I just think that I, it just saddens me so much what he could have created. You know, what he actually could have, how much more he could have shared with the world, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very sad, very, very sad. I often think that because uh, mm-hmm. he died three months after I was, no, a year and three months after I was born. So oh, wow. not very long. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that's that's all my questions. And, and thank you so much for bringing your energy to this conversation. Um, oh, it's been a pleasure. I absolutely loved it. So um, where can people find you? Well, I guess my main home is michellemyrick.com. Everything is there, my program services, um, even my mail list, my freebies, my, because I do workshops from time to time as well. And I, and I also um, do master classes that I, I uh, uh, invite people to join, but also in Heart of the Matter on Facebook, you know. But you can find all of that under michellemyrick.com. Yeah. Perfect. And I'll put it when this when this goes live and everyone's listening now, uh, you'll find a link on the on the website, which is probably where they found this to listen to in the first place. Uh, yeah. Thank you again. For, thank you so much. Uh, it's great. Thanks to everyone who's uh, who's listening. Uh, if you want to find out more, go to pocketmastermind.com. Uh, until next time. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more similar episodes, head over to pocketmastermind.com where you'll also find the links mentioned in this conversation. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review. It will really help us to get our message out and let more people know about these episodes. So leave us a review, leave us a rating, hit the subscribe button and please share with your friends. Until next time, thank you again for listening.